From the studios of WORQ in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up For The Truth podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. Welcome to Stand Up For The Truth for Friday, June 2nd. My name is Mary Danielson. I'm your host today. My hope is that the podcast will challenge you and encourage you and refresh you. Today's guest is Pastor Terry Reynolds of Agape Chapel, Orange County. We're going to welcome Terry in just a moment here. I'd like to open in prayer. So would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I'm just amazed at how you sustain us, how you never change. Your mercies are new every morning. And Lord, in a world that changes constantly, um, what what a huge blessing and, and a great grace that is in our lives this is too wonderful us, wonderful for us to understand. So we pray that you'd come alongside us today, walk among us, uh, fill us with your Holy Spirit to overflowing, that we may do the work of ministry and uh, be a blessing to those that we encounter. So thank you, Jesus. We love you today. In your precious name, amen. I also want to share the first two verses of Psalm 92. Um, it opens with, It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. Now, just those two verses are so comforting to me because we can proclaim that he loves us unconditionally every morning, and then we can know that whatever happens to us that day is filtered through that love, those fingers of love. And then at night, we can truly say we saw his faithfulness in everything. Uh, so I love how God hems us in on every side from sunrise to sunset. Praise the Lord. Well, our guest today is Terry Reynolds. Terry is pastor of Agape Chapel, Orange County. Uh, the church website is agapechapeloc.org. And there you're going to find a great resource of Terry's verse-by-verse teaching through the scriptures. He does a podcast entitled Agape Radio. Terry served for a season with Pastor Chuck Smith at Costa Mesa. He oversees the Word for Today, the publishing arm of Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa, which offers abundant resources from Chuck's many years of ministry. Um, books, iBooks, through the Bible series. There's a Word for Today app. There's probably a whole new generation that could benefit from going through the scriptures with Pastor Chuck. Um, so many Bible studies. I think that's all Bible studies. Then you can access a lot more at PastorChuck.org. Uh, there's a YouTube channel. Terry's been busy. Answers for Today with Chris Quintana. And your passion and Chris's passion for the Bible really comes through. So, Terry, good morning and welcome to Stand Up for the Truth. Wow, I was listening and all that. I go, my goodness, I guess we are busy out here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're thinking, no wonder I'm tired, right? Yeah, yeah. well, it's really hands make light work, right? Oh, yeah. And we're we're glad to be able to share the gospel. And uh, when uh, Pastor Chuck and, and Kay went uh, one day, when Pastor Chuck died, Kay leaned over to me. When I was having a Bible study at her house. He says, how about if you continue running the word for today? And wow. so uh, we broke off or independent of any church, and we just kind of by our standalone, and we had to start all over. And so we said, where, where should we start? So we built the website, and we built the phone app, and now, uh, quite frankly, it's reaching the world. It's probably reaching more pe- uh, people right now than when Pastor Chuck was alive. And wow. that's, uh, I believe, uh, 
tells us in the days and hours that we're living in how hungry people are for the Word of God. It's, it's so exciting to, to see what God's doing. It really, really is. And I was looking at the Word for Today app. Is That's all pretty much Bible studies, right? That's all... Well, we have it not only in audio, video, and foreign languages. Uh, we're currently uh, working on Chinese, getting that up. Oh, my. We, we, we want to make sure we put them in all the different languages that we can. And because we're actually involved with the, uh, a big outreach down in Africa right now. And uh, the ministry called Far Reaching Ministries, mm-hmm. you probably know of Pastor Don McClure. Uh, doing work down in Africa. So we're sending uh, 2,000 books down to uh, a pastor's conference where a 1,000 pastors, uh, a lot of them uh, used to serve in the Army and the Sudanese and uh, different countries are now become chaplains, Calvary Chapel chaplains of all things. And and so we're sending them, uh, Pastor Chuck's book, Living Water and Why Grace Changing Things. And so they're getting on a container right now and being shipped down there. So we're we're blessed to be a, a small part of uh, around the world to help to build the body of Christ. It's so exciting. Wow. it's You know, it's so wonderful to hear a good report. We don't always get, you know, good news, and I just love that. Terry, those two books that you mentioned, uh, Living Water, Why Grace Changes Everything, those are my favorites. I mean, those were the two I was going <laughs> to ask you about. I love those books, yes. especially the one about grace. I think it's a life-changing book. I read it back, oh, I don't know how long ago. I think I was a young believer and. It really did change my whole uh, thinking about God's grace. What What are some of the other books uh, that Chuck has put out that that we can find? Are these all in iBooks, which means there's no charge for them, or yeah, how does we, that work? We, we have them. Uh, well, we still publish, okay. so they can go to the website and order the book if they want a hard copy. But we also have them in iBooks. You can go to PastorChuck.org is where you want to go to find all this. The PastorChuck.org has the books. At, and we can either ship them to your bookstores or individuals, mm. or or we do have them available in iBooks because we just want to get them out mm-hmm. and, and make them available uh, for people. You know, one of the uh, uh, well great books that people, uh, I think right now, uh, it always kind of varies what our bestseller is because it depends on what people interest is, mm-hmm. is a devotional book called Wisdom for Today, mm-hmm. uh, where, where every day, you get a, a, a daily, uh, really, uh, uh, maybe 10 minute read or so of devotional from Pastor Chuck. And, and it's, uh, and that one's very valuable to people's lives, it mm-hmm. seems to be. And then we have uh, one called Final Act uh, that deals with all the end times prophecies that, uh, and we put it together of Pastor Chuck's past teachings and that really do lay out the last day scenario that people uh, you know, really should have on their bookshelf and use as a great resource. So it's called Final Act is one of them. But we got many other ones, too, that uh, I can't uh, find a bad one in the bunch, you know, that right. really does help build the body of Christ. Well, and bookstores, I mean, it's difficult to find good books. If you have a bookstore in your church and you're wrestling with content and what to carry, you know, these are excellent to carry because even a lot of yeah. classics out there, it's hard to find publishers because the church being what it is, it's hard to find publishers that'll continue to release a lot of the classics. So what that gives churches a great idea, doesn't it? So they can contact you. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. They contact me and, and then we, we set them up and we, you know, uh, we just get them to the people. We'll, uh, we'll work out of the, 
Yeah, we'll be happy to bless that. Either individuals or else bookstores, whatever you Sounds like. That's good. Great, great. Um, answers for today with Pastor Chris. Um, I, I love how you guys, the passion you have for teaching the word and, and equipping people is just, it comes through in every program that you do. What will listeners find there on answers for today? What do you, what do you guys talk about? Well, we normally take the, the questions that people have emailed in the past oh. and, and we put them together as a, as a topic. And believe it or not, Mary, 90% of them deal with end times, mm. you know, which really kinds of the pulse where the, uh, everybody is want to know what's happening, things in the news or end times. And, and Chris is a great resource for it. And, and so he's in Texas. I'm in, uh, I, in here in Southern California. And so we, uh, video both of us, and then we kind of edit a day later, and then mm. we put it up on his channel and, and various uh, YouTubes and websites and all that, where people, uh, you know, uh, are able to watch it. And so, and then we also, it's on radio. Also, we do an audio, uh, audio version of it. It's on radio across the country too, on various radio stations. And so, we, our hope is to it really does deal with life issues, you know. Uh, I, you know, I don't get along with my wife. What should I do? Is there a biblical answer? You know, and, and from like, oh no, how do I, how do I raise my kids? Is there a biblical answer? And, and you can look to the Bible for anything, Mary. You know that. And, and, and so any questions that you have, the Bible has the answer. And so that's what we hope to offer on, uh, uh, really on answers for today. Chris has been a, Great partner for years uh, together, as you know, Chris, very well. Uh, and his, his goal is just to be able to teach the Bible like mine, verse by verse, and go through the Bible with people. And, and he's a great resource. Uh, uh, if you guys are listening and you're looking for somebody to listen to, you can Google Chris Catano and be able to find his teaching. It's a great resource. It is indeed. Um, and my next question was, are you still involved in his channel? And you kind of did... Uh, did answer that. So this is also on his channel. Is there any other content of yours yeah. on his channel? Uh, well, I do. They asked me to come in and, and do uh, specials. And I don't do my daily, um, you know, by, I, I teach the Bible three times a week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Thursday nights. But that's not on his channel. You have to go to the church okay. website or YouTube to be able to find the, our pulpit teaching. But Answers for Today is our primary thing. I am uh, very much involved with... Uh, his channel, we're doing a, um, some cool things over in Israel right now that uh, we'll be able to share with everybody here shortly. But, great. Uh, it, it's just a great uh, resource for people to be able to watch, that's for sure. Well, and they can get the His Channel app, correct, in an app store. And plus, if you have Roku or one of those, like a Fire Stick, you can get the His Channel app, correct? And the content is yeah. off the charts yeah, on there. It, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's on there. We also have... The uh, uh, the word for today ink app okay. up there. We have uh, we have a copy uh, channel up there where you can uh, different apps on TVs and everything like that. Okay. So that's the the whole idea is to get the content out the best we can it, to build to build the body of Christ. Yeah. And so it's just a you know try to use the the, the media of the day to be able to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and you know we, when I started in and. The fall of 1971, Mary, the media today was uh, cassette tapes. You know? <laughs> right. And, and there wasn't any, we weren't selling them. And so 
we would go listen to Pastor Chuck, and we all had our Casio uh, tape machines, and <laughs> we would be recorded in the audience, and you would hear a click at the, you know, when the tape would run halfway through, and everybody flipping them over and <laughs> recorded them, and then you would send them to friends, and that's really, the me it was the media of the day, and nothing's really different. You still try to get it out to your family and friends, right, so right. that's what we use, yes. Except it was really bad if the tape kind of, you know, got caught in the machine and you'd pull the yeah, tape yeah, out and you'd yeah, have, yeah, yeah. you know, reams of, of uh, tape, analog tape there. You'd have to find a pencil and rewind it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So we had a lot of fun back Well, then. praise the Lord. You know, Terry, as I said earlier on, you've been going a long time. It's still going strong. And I love to hear the testimonies of people because each one is different. I'm always blessed to hear how God works in people's lives. I think it's so encouraging. Would you take some time with us and just share how you came to Christ? And just a few highlights of your of your years of ministry. I know you probably have many, but could you just give us some of your testimony? Well, you know, it goes way back, uh, all the way back when I was seventeen years old. You know, like I said, back in the early seventies. Uh, you know, it was quite crazy. With Vietnam was war, uh, you know, kind of spinning down. Uh, I was in the last lottery where my number was number eighteen, so wow. I would have gone in. And but they canceled the the lottery, and so I was uh, saved from that. But it was just a crazy time, and and um, we were, of course, you know, I was hanging around with a lot of at that time Vietnam people. I mean, guys that were going into the war, and we were hanging out, and we could just never figure it out. We'd sit around and talk about war and everything else, what you do at parties, you know, you yeah, and. and and, you know, next thing you know, uh, at the end of the night, it was empty. And, and so one night, I was uh, out hitchhiking, because back then, you didn't worry about hitchhiking. I was hitchhiking, looking for something to do, and and everything was kind of dead that night. And so I went home. My sister, my, my best friend, a couple of weeks earlier, uh, he became a Christian, and he started he came up to me one day, Mary, and said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I looked at him and go, what a loser, 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 <laughs> you know? And then my baby sister cornered me, was afraid that I was getting in trouble, and so she wanted to share Jesus. And so that one night, about 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, to make a long story short, my life was so empty, and I was so searching. I said, Jesus, if you're real, I got into my bedroom, and I actually got down on my knees, never heard uh, how to say a sinner's prayer. I've never heard of Calvary Chapel or anything like that. I just prayed and said, Jesus, if you're real, come into my heart. I need you. Please change me. And I didn't know what else I said. But I said, amen, and I got back in my bed. I said, well, I guess that didn't work. You know, and I went to sleep. I woke up the next morning, and I sprung out of bed. Mary, I, I said, something happened. And I went running over to my friend's house, John, who got saved about two weeks earlier, and I pounded on his door, and I told him what happened, and he goes, Terry, you became born again. I go, what's that? <laughs> he goes, and he explained to me what had happened, and I became a Christian. I go, oh, yes, that's what I did. I became a Christian at that point, wow. and I received Jesus into my heart, and I became born again. And quite frankly, Mary, I never looked back. It's mm -hmm. the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's what it, being a Christian is all about, is our faith in the Lord. It, it just turning to Him, and if anybody's listening, and if they haven't turned turned to Christ, you could do it right now. You don't have to wait the Sunday to go to church. You could 
do it right now, even as you're listening to this radio program, is just to ask Jesus for forgiveness and, and ask him into your heart and tell you, you're going to go on the greatest and grandest adventure oh, yeah. that you can imagine. Yeah. And then you got eternity waiting for you after that, Mary. Wow. And so that was my simple uh, testimony. But what a journey it's been, Mary. It's been, uh, I did stumble into Calvary when it, where, where there was just one Calvary Chapel. And we just getting started, started Calvary Chapels uh, at that time and was very much involved in what was known as the Looking back now, it's the Jesus movement and, and being involved with those glorious years and where we've seen thousands and thousands of people uh, coming to Christ. And, you know, there's been a lot of movie out about it and a lot written about it, but I actually lived it. Mm-hmm. And, Mary, what I could really say in, in my years later being such good friends with Pastor Chuck, uh, we really saw a work of the Holy Spirit. It mm-hmm. wasn't a work of any one man. It wasn't anything that special about Chuck or the bands or any other uh, one person. It was a work of the Holy Spirit that as he was pouring out to our area here in Orange County and then eventually across this country all the way up to where you're at mm-hmm. and around the world. And even to this day, the Holy Spirit is poured out, I believe, in these last days to draw people unto himself. And so I, w- I was there... It's seeing that, that tremendous work of God's Spirit. Uh, we normal normal thing during the week, Mary. Uh, we were at church seven nights a week. Mm. There was always something going on, and and I was you know had a Volkswagen van, and and I would pack that thing with kids, and we would go over all the time, and then you know enjoy that. We would get there early, we, real early. And you have to understand, we were in a circus tent at that time, sitting on these hard metal chairs, but it didn't matter. We would start an hour early, and all of a sudden, somebody on the other side of the uh, tent would start singing a song. And before you know it, by the time the Chuck would come out, the whole place was filled with praise music going wow. on because the congregation was singing worship, wow. you know. We didn't wait for the bands to start. We'd just start singing happy, 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 or whatever praise songs, and it was just a thrill uh, <laughs> believing that what God's Word had to say, mm-hmm. that the intimate return of Jesus Christ could be at any time. And I still believe it even to this day, mm-hmm. that the return of Christ is, uh, you know, that much closer than it was in the 70s. And was how we look for that soon return of Jesus Christ at any moment. Mm-hmm. And that brings joy. It brings joy in our hearts to realize that we could be with Him even before this radio program's over. <laughs> you know, it's a, in a nutshell, then years later, of course, I got involved with ministry and can't help it. And we didn't think about getting involved. We just did, you know, right. and, and started teaching Bible studies when I was 19 years old uh, in parks and home Bible studies and, and different places. And so I had the joy of been serving along Pastor Chuck or, you know, all those years, and eventually on staff with him, and and then uh, and then again, of course, we're barely much involved with him as ten years of his life. He, I think I was with him almost every day of his life uh, at the last ten years, doing things with him and and seeing the miracles. Um, the miracles have changed life, and that's what the gospel does, Mary. It mm-hmm. changes people's lives from darkness to light, and gives them hope, and that's 
Uh, that's what my, what I could testify of what I've witnessed and what I've seen is the power of God in somebody's life. And, and it's what a thrill, huh, Mary? Yeah. To be able to see that. Yeah. And I, I love a couple things, uh, takeaway from this. I love how so many people got radically saved in those days. My story is similar, but it was like almost probably 10 years later, but I went to bed one way. I said, Lord, I want what those people have. I woke <laughs> up radically saved the next morning singing yeah. hymns and all that. I mean, it was just an amazing thing. And I love how it all, I, I call it a true revival because it spread all the way around the country and around the world, actually, yeah. without yeah. social media. God didn't need social media to pour out his spirit. And so I get a little suspect about so-called revivals these days because social media can have such a hand. Not that God can't do that, but I, I love that God didn't need that. Um, and so what no, an incredible no, he time. Did. He doesn't need that. He, what he needs is hungry hearts, mm-hmm. people who are willing to seek the Lord mm-hmm. and not taking glory unto themselves, but glory to God. Mm-hmm. You know, and we had this verse that we live by out of the Psalms: "If any man glory, let him glory in the Lord." Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and we saw the the Holy Spirit, and, and I want to emphasize that again, Mary, if you, if you don't mind, the Holy Spirit can move and work in a fellowship. It's not by works, not by might, but by his spirit that you see things done. And we just have to be yielded to the spirit and honor his word. Um, one of the, I think, the hallmark of Calvary chapels that we saw this great work is that we honored his word by teaching his word verse by verse through the entire Bible. Uh, we did that in the early 70s. Uh, we saw our my pastor, Pastor Chuck, model it for all those years I was with him for 42 years and and myself continues and and you see that that really because that's what people are are looking for uh, Mary you you said our our program answers for today well that's the the theme and the reason because people are looking for answers and we believe that the Bible gives them that answer Mm -hmm. And, and if we're able just to you know, you really teach them the Bible without much commentary of what I think or what that person thinks. But what does the Bible say? Yeah. And that's what I mean by teaching the Bible is uh, it, it just kind of lay it out. Allow the Holy Spirit, trust the Holy Spirit's going to work on people's hearts. And, and if you're a pastor, teacher out there, uh, I would highly encourage you to examine yourself. It, it just make sure that you're feeding the flock of God, God's Word. And even as Pastor Chuck was really careful to, to feed the flock, and and that's really our commission as as leaders is to feed them God's word, mm-hmm. and it will bear fruit. Absolutely, that's a beautiful thing. Yes, it really, really yes, will. never returns void. Yes, thank you for that. Never Terry. returns void. Yep. Yeah. And we have a few minutes before the break. Not too many here. Um, I'm going to tease that we're going to. We're going to do some headlines in the next. Uh, okay. I know it yeah. goes fast. We'll do some headlines in the next. I just want to ask you one quick question. Just take a couple minutes. I know um, during the pandemic, you know, there were challenges all over the country, lawsuits in California. You know, how, you know, running a church in California during that time and even following, is the evangelical church alive and well on the West Coast? Yeah, it's, it's kind of, there's pockets. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we we had a uh, we actually went online for when during it first started like everybody else paddock for a second for two weeks and we said that's enough and so we took the church outside into a park hmm. so we could continue you know 
and we didn't want to get locked down. And mm. it's still that, you know, I, I think, believe it or not, our church seems to be bigger online than it is actually in the church. Mm. And I, I have trouble with that in the sense that the Scripture says for us to forsake not the assembly of believers. I think that we're robbing each other of the gifts that we have to share with each other when we don't uh, attend a fellowship, when we don't go to church. And, and maybe that's for somebody uh, right now that's listening that you might, think, you know, maybe exhort yourself to get up and find a church where you can get involved with it. Because people need you, believe it or not. We need each other. Yes. So, yes, it still hasn't come back. Uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons why, but I, I just think there's a really a stagnant right now, and people got comfortable of just watching online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree, I agree with that, and we do need one another. We do need the gifts. We are to meet. It's such a complicated time that we're in. Um, nobody saw this coming where churches were going to be locked down. We were locked down for eight weeks. You know, you can only have ten people, blah, blah, blah. And then yeah, we, yeah. you know, and then we got going again, and and uh, so, but still, you know, it's discouraging that that some some never got going again, and you wonder if they understand yeah. what the what the reason for the church is in the first place. Sometimes I think it 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 shone a light on how why people even went to church in the first place. So that was yeah. an interesting learning curve too. But um, yeah, uh, it's good. That, it's good. You to know, hear. the Lord the Lord knows that, and. And he's, like I said, even though it seems to be struggling, the gospel is going around the world, you know, and it continues as we look forward to that return of Christ, you know. Uh, I, I said one time, I know you're up against it, but let me uh, leave you this thought. Was I shared with Pastor Chuck one night, and he says, what do you think of that scripture, the love of many will wax cold? And we, we both kicked it around, and well, there's a lot of different interpretations. I said, Chuck, it could be a love for his word, a love for uh, his return. What do you think? He says he, he said he thinks it's all of it. Mm-hmm. And we're at a point right now where people are distracted, and there's many different things that they're looking at, and there isn't that burning desire uh, to grow in the things of Christ. And so we got to pray. we got to pray for our family and friends that that, that fire would be lit once again. Absolutely, and God can do an incredible work. And I'm, I'm, I'm not looking for revival necessarily in the last times, but, but He certainly continues to work one heart at a time. And and uh, it's yes. it seems to be harder and harder to share with people because of progressivism and liberalism and political correctness. And you know, we really come up against some uh, big, big issues that we never saw coming. And we can talk about that a little bit more in the next segment. I think. Uh, Oh, there's so many things we didn't see coming, right, Terry? (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, you know, there's so much uh, going on in the world. Um, The church has a lot of work to do before Jesus comes. You know, it's it's such a privilege. It's an honor to be alive in these times. And obviously, the church has more to do, or we would not be here is what I'm thinking. So let me tease a little bit. My name is Mary Danielson. We're talking to Terry Reynolds of Agape Chapel, Orange County, and uh, we're going to take a break pretty soon here, but we're just going to talk about uh, coming up the Turkey election uh, that just uh, uh, ended, um, not too surprisingly, but we're going to talk about that and what the biblical significance is for that. We're going to talk about Israel, hopefully. Um, we also want to talk about AI because, um, you know, the FDA just approved brain implants. I mean, what could possibly go wrong there? Uh, well, we can talk about climate change and some of the things that are happening on that front to bring the world more into a totalitarian environment. 
because the climate lockdowns have begun in France. Uh, um, we, we want to talk about, um, you know, the woke movement and, and um, churches, how it's affecting churches, how it's affecting um, what, what they can preach, what people want to hear. Uh, we can talk about Iran and Israel. There were some IDF strikes over Damascus recently. So we have an awful lot that we can get to in the next half, and um, we're certainly enjoying uh, Terry and his testimony and really, really appreciate that. It's so encouraging to hear someone's testimony. It's just, uh, it just to see how God works in people's lives and to hear that story because every single testimony is different. There are no two alike. Um, that's the wonderful aspect of it. Um, so, you know, as you're listening today, be thinking about your testimony and, and how God worked in your life initially. Um, you know, the Lord has just been so good to all of us. And, and I believe that as a believer, we should have a specific point in time in our lives when we can say that we became a new creature, that God did something incredible in our lives. And so, um, be thinking about your testimony. Share your testimony with someone. Or if you meet someone at church, say, hey, you know, what, what's the Lord been doing in your life? Um, how did you get saved? Uh, my husband loves to ask people that. Tell me your story. Tell me, tell me what Jesus did in your life. And I think it really is a tremendous encouragement for everyone. So, again, uh, we're talking with Terry Reynolds today, and we have so many wonderful headlines. Well, I don't know if they're wonderful or not, but they certainly point to a certain point in time um, that we've been talking about for a long time, and that is the return of Jesus Christ. So uh, we hope you'll stay with us. Um, we have a lot more to come. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of minutes with more from Terry Reynolds and the Signs of the Times. Our social media pages are shadow banned. Thanks for your prayers and sharing our posts at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth today, uh, June the 2nd. We have Terry Reynolds with us, uh, Pastor Terry Reynolds, Agape Chapel, Orange County. And we uh, really enjoyed uh, listening to his testimony and um, some of those early days. Uh, he's been serving for many decades, serving the Lord, and just still really busy and really going strong. Uh, Terry, let's talk about some headlines today. I know um, Turkey just had uh, an election and a runoff to make sure that they knew that they knew that Erdogan was going to get in. Um, we're going to talk Turkey a little bit here. Um, this article it says, Why Erdogan's Victory Matters for the West. And it starts out by saying, uh, You can spot Turkey's global strategic significance, which has starkly increased against the backdrop of the Ukraine war, by the A-list potpourri of world leaders who rushed to congratulate Erdogan on his election win Sunday night. And first out of the box, of course, was Russian President Vladimir Putin. It says he was so keen to stroke uh, the ego of his Turkish counterpart and fellow strongman leader that he didn't even wait for the official results. Surprise! Uh, we can safely assume that the Turkish policy... Uh, the Turkish policy that Russia is particularly fond of is Mr. Erdogan's refusal to ostracize the Kremlin after its full-scale invasion of Ukraine. And, you know, it's just, uh, I don't, you know, Terry, I don't think we're surprised by this. Um, well, it, it seems like they're starting to line up. Yeah. You know, they're trying to you know, find out who's my friends and who's going to go to the bat for me. And certainly Turkey is late. They really put themselves out there and to think that uh, who who cares about Turkey? But obviously they do because they're in a very uh, strategic land 
a massive mm-hmm. place where, you know, it's, it's not that far north of what we know as Israel either, and, and the oil fields down south and all that. And so there's got to be some interest uh, that everybody has in Turkey uh, behind the scenes. It's probably more valuable, that relationship, if, if Putin's wanting to uh, pat them on the back and align with them, you know. And so I think there's a lot there to say. Right, and in and, and this article by, uh, let's see, who is this from, Gatestone Institute, um, Brace for Another Tumultuous Five Years with Erdogan. It says, while Erdogan will try to maintain a balanced policy between Russia and the West, he will be inclined to favor Russia to the point where he fears the Western sanctions will hammer Turkey's alien economy, because it has been bad. Their economy's been horrible. And then it says, Putin will keep on drinking his champagne while rooting for his Turkish Trojan horse in NATO. Turkey's relations with the EU, however, will remain in the deep freeze, where they've been for the last several years with virtually no chance of reviving Turkey's process for EU membership. And I thought, we've talked about this for many years. In NATO, will he be in the EU? But when you look at Ezekiel 38 and 39, I, you know, he's going to be with Russia. What, what, what do you think about his place with Ezekiel 38 and 39? Well, obviously, we don't know exactly how all the, uh, the players are going to shake out, but it, it seems like they're one of the wild cards in the mix. And and if they like lined up with Russia, that would certainly make sense. As uh, you know, that would make a, a way that where the northern invading army, as we see the last day scenario there in Ezekiel, where they would be coming from up. Uh, the northern part where they would probably be traveling right through uh, Turkey, you mm-hmm. know, and, and as the, you know, they start coming down and, and eventually in the war uh, uh, there in the Valley of Megiddo, uh, Mary. And so there's got to be some type of alliance. There has to be a, a path made for all that to take place. And it seems like it's it's coming to be right now as we see the, the events taking place right before us, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And he's much more of a hardliner. The article also says that if he ever leaves the political stage, and I think I think this is his third term, it's like 30 years or something, um, very long. You know, it says the Turks will most likely elect another Islamist leader. And he wasn't he wasn't always a hardline Islamist, correct? Yeah, yeah. No, to my knowledge, I thought he was a, a, just a kind of a European, and you know, star, basically, mm-hmm. you know, that loved the, the, the limelight. But now, of course, the... You want to line yourself up with the Muslim world and, and everybody else and try to keep peace within your own community. So I don't know how committed he is, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, obviously he puts a good front out of what he believes in. Yeah. And and now he's making these packs with uh, uh, Putin and everything else. It's, it's kind of frightful in the thought. Yeah, you know, it really we is. know a lot. Well, mm-hmm. over the years, when you know, you think you mentioned that. He's doing us on the, all the backs of the people there in Turkey, you know, mm-hmm. and that's where our prayers for the, the community. I've been over there. I've been in Turkey before, mm-hmm. you know, and, and met with the, the churches there, and there's good people there. And that's what our prayer is, that even when a, a terrible regime is running a country, that yet God's working, and that, you know, you got to pray for the family over the, the our, our sister churches over there in Turkey, that mm-hmm. God would bless them and help them through all this. Is there a lot of persecution in that area? Are you aware of any? Oh, my goodness, yeah. I mean, it's uh, not quite like what we have up in North Korea, but mm-hmm. uh, obviously there is, mm-hmm. you know. You know, we get over any place over those eastern countries, it's the state church uh, that wants to run things, and, and the free church, 
like uh, what we do is really looked down upon because they don't have control, mm-hmm. you know. And so uh, that's what they try to do is restrict the, uh, really the free flow of a, of a pastor in a church is uh, just gathering together. And so uh, it, it, it over, and of course, when you go over to North Korea, I don't know if you saw on the news uh, uh, lately, uh, Mary, the, where this young couple had a Bible in their house and, and they found it, they arrested them, they had a two-year-old baby, and they arrested the two-year-old baby, and they said that the baby will be underneath their control in prison for the rest of their life, you know, for just having a Bible in their home, mm-hmm. they were arrested. Mm-hmm. And that's how what, you know, you were talking earlier in the first half of the program, the, the effect of COVID, well, that, that guy went dark for those two years and you think about the terror that he put upon the christian church over in north korea Mm -hmm. uh, we're just starting to get stories like that coming out the light and what darkness is doing Mm -hmm. and that's uh, you know and i'm afraid that over our friends over in turkey that they're suffering the same you know maybe not to that degree but they're suffering too and Mm -hmm. so that's why we the west here we need to stand with our friends and fellow brothers and sisters around the world and pray for them. Yeah, absolutely. That should be on our prayer list at all times. Um, A few years ago, there's a bestseller that came out about an Islamic antichrist, and and I found it interesting because I don't think the Bible teaches that, but also someone recently said that Erdogan could be the antichrist, but I don't picture him (laughs) setting himself up as God in the temple or the the Jews worshiping him. What do you say to the Islamic antichrist? I, I tend to think it's the European Antichrist, the people of the prince that shall come. So what do you think about that yeah. book? Because I know it was a bestseller. Well, I, I think a lot of times we're, it, it's guesstimate. That's mm-hmm. what people want, like to do. Sure. They like to speculate and guess uh, what it is because we don't know. We won't know until he arrives on the scene. And mm-hmm. quite frankly, I believe we're to be caught up in the air and be out of here as the church. Is that Those who uh, you know look for his appearing will be caught up. Uh, but uh, there is somebody, I believe, that's on the world scene even right now that's uh, ready to take over during those last days uh, as the Antichrist. And it, it certainly uh, the best way I could see scriptures that he'll come out of the European community. That's, uh, uh, you know, who it is. We don't really know, Mary, but mm-hmm. I, I believe he's being groomed for that even right now and making his way uh, up the political and power, power scales per se, and you know who knows? It could be, it could might not be, but uh, you know I would always encourage people. It's not that we should be looking for the Antichrist; we should be looking for the return of Jesus that's Christ, right. and and that's what, what our really our emphasis. And so, if you read a book, and Mary, I haven't read the book because. Uh, it speculates, you know, and, and I'm not too interested in speculation, but <laughs> what I like to do is to read, what, what does the Bible say, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when you go back to that, uh, I do know that even in Second Peter, it says, knowing this, that there should come in the last days scoffers who are walking after their own lust. And so we get people scoffing at the Scriptures, scoffing at, you know, writing books and all that, and it's really not presenting the truth. Uh, uh, you know, to what the Bible has to say. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and I read an article. Oh, Hal Lindsey actually did an article recently about where is the prom- oh. where is the promise of his coming, and I thought it was so interesting. His emphasis said, "Look, it's not where is his coming. Where is the promise? In other words, he promised. This is his character that's on the line. This is his nature that they're questioning. They're not even questioning the coming. It's the promise." And I thought that was a very insightful thing because he did promise to come, and the, we are to be watching and waiting for him. So. Um, that was an excellent, excellent insight, I thought. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. And we know the reason why he's delayed his coming. He, he tells us in Second Peter that the Lord is long-suffering, he's patient, he's not willing that he should come to repentance. And and that's why I look at it, is the Lord it could come back at any moment, but because of his great long-suffering that we don't never understand, his patience, because I'd say, Lord, haven't we had enough, let's, Let's go right now. But yeah. uh, he, he has a great, uh, uh, his great love for those that would come to know him. Mm-hmm. Mary is the reason why we haven't seen him come back to this at this moment. Yeah. Hey, let's uh, switch gears here, Terry. Let's talk about Israel mm-hmm. a little bit. Have you, have you um, just by way of introducing this, have you been to Israel lately? I know it's been sort of a minefield I, doing that. Yeah, but what, it what, been, yeah. It's been about five years. Okay. Uh, you know, been over there about ten times, and love going there. Of course, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, there's a there was an article, and I saw there's a lot of protesters going on there, and it's not about what it had mm-hmm. been. You know, the judiciary, that sort of thing. But there was one that says near the Western Wall, Jewish radicals shout at Christian evangelicals to go home. And it says violent protest attended by Jerusalem Deputy Mayor Aria King underlines theological strains on the two movements' political partnership. It says Christian worshipers who prayed at a park bordering the Western Wall on Sunday were met by hundreds of Jewish protesters, including Jerusalem's deputy mayor, shouting at them to leave. Um, It says they were responding to an evangelical Christian call for prayer at the Davidson Center, which is near the Western Wall Plaza. The incident underlines the strains on the relations of religious anti-nationalists, I mean, they call Christians now, they're calling them Christian nationalists, uh, with Christian evangelicals who politically and financially support Israel, as well as the strategic goals of religious nationalists, but diverge radically, obviously, on theology. And it says, you know, and and I'm thinking about Netanyahu's coalition, which has uh, five religious parties. I mean, are things kind of coming apart at the seams because of that? What What do you think about this? Well, I think, uh, uh, you know, again, uh, I have no idea politically what what, what he's thinking, you know, that if he's not protecting the Christians, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I just like to, if they're attacking the people at the wall, boy, they, they're really attacking their, a lot of their economy, because tourism, yeah. of course, is one of their biggest uh, uh, revenue streams that they have over there, mm-hmm. so they'll put that to squash them. Uh, soon, um, because we, you know, the, the travelers will happen. But it's normally always a, a radical faction that wants to get into papers that will do that. And uh, and there is uh, so many different views. And the, over there in Israel, and they get people the freedom. That's one thing that you do like over there, people to express themselves right or wrong, they haven't squashed that freedom mm-hmm. and where they can get up and protest. And unfortunately, a lot of times the protest lead, leads to violence, though, Mary. That's, that's the part that's really troubling. Mm-hmm. You know, they, you know, if you're over there and you don't, you know, normally 
it's very safe. I would say every time I got there, I felt like I was in my backyard. It was so safe. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, but right. yeah, there is that there is that faction over there mm-hmm. that's uh, ready to blow up at any time. Wow. And of course, from behind all that, I think it's always uh, that unsettling where they like to uh, change regimes over there. They would like to cause upheaval. There's always that. Fighting going on amongst, amongst themselves, uh, you know, and so it's. Uh, I could see that happening at any time over there. When you, especially if you go around the Western Wall, because that's a, a place where everybody congregates, you know, and and that could be a place of really uh, violence at, at mm-hmm. that place. And no one seems to protest peacefully anymore. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, no. but, it, you know, when something flares up, it flares big time, almost into a conflagration, and and people are on edge. And, and I think they did not have any tourism now for a couple of years. It was, you know, you had to get tested, um, you had to be quarantined, yep. and so people were skittish about going back over there. Now people are coming in numbers and some, they're, you know, they're, they're tripping a trigger over there. I know Netanyahu still, of course, wants that um, relationship with the evangelicals, but not everybody does. So, no, uh. no, you know, and 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 again, I, I think it really shows the time of the season, as we said earlier, where where darkness uh, is trying to grab a hold of, yeah. come out in every way, try to squash the light. And Christians represent the light of Jesus, and so they they come against it, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and they would, and again, a great way to make the name for their group and themselves is to to attack Christians. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No proselytizing. They don't. They don't want that. But uh, another oh. aspect of Israeli news. Now here, this is uh, just came out May thirtieth. Israel warns Iran their presence will not be tolerated as Syria reports IDF strikes over Damascus. Iranian and Hezbollah targets um, in the vicinity of Damascus came under attack. The regime-run Syrian, the regime-run news agency reported that Israeli missiles appeared over the skies of the Syrian capital at 11.45 p.m. Sunday night. Citing a Syrian military source, state media said the strikes were launched from the direction of the, quote, Israeli-occupied Golan Heights, unquote, uh, and that had targeted several sites that it did not identify. Um, there were some casualties. It says Iran's proxy militias, led by Hezbollah, <laughs> this is complicated, Terry, now control large areas of eastern, southern, and northern Syria and several suburbs around Damascus. Wow, proxy wars, Iran. Terry, why is this news biblically relevant? I mean, what's going on with Iran? Uh, the U.S. seems to be wanting to enter a deal now. As of yesterday with Iran, Israel is concerned about that. Uh, what's next? How is this biblically relevant uh, concerning Damascus? Well, Damascus uh, is uh, one, of course, not the one of the oldest cities ever that we still still there. And, it's, and when you think about it, we, you guys are, are up at Green Bay, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. You know, go down to Minneapolis. That's basically how far. I mean, it's maybe a little bit further, but it's not that far away uh, from Israel. And so, and of course, uh, we're there. Always been really, uh, you know, attacking. They don't like Israel. They, they, they say, say the least. And they, I think, biblically, they they will be a very big part of uh, the battle that's going to come ahead of us against the nation of Israel in the last days. And so they're lining themselves up, you know. And I just think of those uh, missiles that were, the, as you said, that were shot shot off and. 
about how quickly those missiles could get there too. You right. know, right. and so on both sides, on both sides, they 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 can launch her back down on the Israel, and so it's a really big flashpoint that uh, that you know at any time they could break loose over there. Mm-hmm. And so when you see people, I just think it's interesting how everybody's trying to line up with this uh, really. Uh, terrible regime in Damascus and mm-hmm. you know the, uh, but yeah we for whatever reason we feel like we need to make our alliance with them instead of standing a hundred percent with Israel mm-hmm. I just that, that's to me it's mind-boggling Mary yeah, it really really is and I think uh, and we're always on the edge because there are certain websites that talk about uh, Israel going after Iran bef- right when it's about to get yeah. nuclear and I'm thinking you know I'm kind of on the edge of my seat my seat too because the Middle East, you know, has held together this long only by God's divine staying hand, you know, that restraining force. And I'm thinking, well, when is this going to take place? So we have Damascus uh, possibly in the news and uh, Iran possibly in the news. Um, do you think that, that Israel going after Iran could be in the near future? I mean, I'm, obviously you're speculating, but just what's your personal thought on that? Well, you've got to protect yourself, right? Yeah, right. You know, and I think... Uh, Israel in its past has done a pre-strike before where they try to take it out. You know, they're well, back in, they've taken out the Egyptians, mm-hmm. Egypt before, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so really what they're doing is because you have to remember, Israel is not that big, the land mass, you know. But yet here they are, they're still, you know, uh, everybody around them, all the surrounding nations, would love to get rid of Israel. Mm-hmm. Would just like to destroy them, so they're protecting themselves. Yeah. And if they if they start getting the atomic weaponry ready to go, I, I can see Israel, you know, want to do a pre strike and take them out and, and just kind of keep the uh, level the playing ground, you know, where they could defend themselves. It's just. So they're not gonna wait. They're not gonna wait to get it okay from us here in no. the United States, yeah. or, or go to New York and and beg to, you know that everybody or go to the Hague and try to make their case. No, they they're gonna defend themselves. So rightfully so, in my book is, uh, and so I could see a, a pre-strike. Uh, coming in our near future mm-hmm. uh, to take care of their really to defend their their country. Yeah. At this case, right, right, and we're to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and we can do that much, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, Terry, let's yeah. talk about yeah. AI before we close up for today, because uh, recently now the FDA has approved a clinical study of computer brain interface in humans. Again, what could possibly go wrong? Mm. Technology that a bioethicist says holds huge promise. An incredible danger. Wow, that's a mixed bag. The U.S. Um, Food and Drug Administration has given Elon Musk's tech company Neuralink permission to implant a Bluetooth-connected computer chip into human brains. Aside from approving the trials, the FDA has not approved any details. The approval comes as Neuralink faces federal scrutiny um, following employee claims that the company was rushing and botching surgeries on the animals that they had tested this on, um, boy, you'll have to get Peter upset. The animal experiments produced data intended, yeah. To, yeah, right, right. Researcher and yeah. bioethicist ethicist David Prentice of the Charlotte Lozier Institute says the potential is breathtaking. Somebody could hack a brain implant and control a person's movements, even implanting certain thoughts 
or certain directions and motives. Um, wow. Yeah, that sounds a little bit scary. Are we just going to be a, a, a computer mouse? Is that our brains are going to turn into computer mouse? What's going on, Terry? I don't know what gets into people's. Well, obviously, <laughs> they were, the whole thing is control, isn't it? Right. And if they could put that in somebody, then they control. And I don't understand why people would even give themselves to that. And, right. Um, you know, that. It, 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 but the technology, that's where I think what you're getting there. Mm-hmm. The technology is amazing where, um, you know, like we, we say during the last day scenario, people will be able to buy and sell. How are they going to be able to buy and sell? How are you going to control the economy? Mm-hmm. And we're moving to a really... Uh, uh, you know, where you could just put a chip in. And right now I go to stores where they don't take cash anymore, right, Mary, right. Uh, where you got to have some type of electronic device to be able to buy. And, you know, you got to use your phone and all that. But they're moving very close to the place where if you just take that little chip mm-hmm. and you put it in your hand or your forehead, then we you could be able to do, we could have all your banking, all your trans. Yeah, everything that you transactions you do mm-hmm. at a moment's notice, and and we don't need employees. You just walk in, it scans, and it's already doing that. We, there's a store down the street that right. you go in there, you can buy all your groceries like that. It's uh, uh, one of the major uh, online stores, but you they do in you know uh, stores now where you could just walk in and have everything ordered beforehand, yep. and you don't have to do anything. You just show them your card. I think we're, that's the kind of the movement that you're talking about. Yeah. That's what they're doing is the control. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, I believe, is very much a last day scenario mm-hmm. where the Antichrist, going back to what we talked earlier about, where the, when the Antichrist comes on the scene, he's going to be able to have control where you won't be able to have, as the Bible says, you won't be able to buy or sell without the mark right. of the beast. And so I think it's very, very close to what you were saying with, Musk is dealing with and how they're coming close to with the technology to be able to do that. So well, it's right around the corner. And a lot of people are decrying AI. A quick uh, thing here on Jeff Childers' Coffee and COVID blog. He says, AI will change everything. It will obsolete digital video and photo evidence in legal cases, setting us back a 100 years in the courtroom. Bad actors can already use Photoshop to alter evidence, but Adobe just <laughs> released a new AI-enabled version, and it's shocking. Among other things, users can change what a single person in the photo is looking at just by dragging the suspe- subject's digital chin around. So... um you know, uh, you're, scary, it scary, is. Scary. It is. You're a believer, yeah. and and you know we're, we're going to cut you out of the system, and we're going to. You're on trial for being a believer, and we're going to alter what you say. We're going to alter what you did. We're going to. Yeah. Uh, perilous times, Jerry? Question mark. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, that's why I'm glad that God's in control. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was like uh, Mary when Jesus said, "When you see these begin things begin to happen, look yes. up by redemption draw it now. Yes. And that's that. Uh, the way I see it is it's like a, we're on a fast pace, fast track right now until that day when Christ returns. Yes. And so these things in the news are very, very relevant, yeah. I think, to the return of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Terry, so much. We could go on all day, but we got to call it a day. So thank you so much. We'll have to do this again sometime. God bless you, sir. My pleasure. Sun, um, upcoming programs, Dave Wager on Monday, J.B. Hickson on Tuesday, Wednesday, James Walker replay, Thursday, Russ Miller, Creationism, Friday, more headlines and dot connecting with me. Please share the podcast with friends on social media. We're shadow banned on Facebook, but download the app. Um, comments at standupforthetruth.com, always open to that. 
My name is Mary Danielson. Keep speaking the truth about things that matter.